This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown alongside Joita Gupta and Michelle McQuig. We have one more topic to discuss. There has been some back and forth at the Quebec legislature this week about swearing royal oaths. Eleven members of the Quebec Solidaire Party have chosen to swear an oath to the king so that they can officially enter the chamber. The party does intend to introduce a bill to make the oath optional moving forward. The Speaker of the legislature says the oath to the king is mandatory and authorized the sergeant-at-arms to expel members who didn't comply earlier in the week. Michelle, I should warn you, we do not have a ton of time here, but what's the aspect of this story that you want to grapple with? Not a problem. Um, Honestly, what jumped out at me was kind of related to our past topic in that it seems to be yet another example, and there there have been a bunch recently in which we see a lot of governments putting a certain amount of effort into getting around the Constitution, it seems to me. This would be another one. Now we have Quebec Solidaire saying that, yeah, they're opposed to taking the oath, but they will do it just this time so that they can go in and offer their support for a bill that will make the oath mandatory, even though it is constitutionally required. Um, this seems like a fairly complex approach to to an issue that hasn't really been that controversial before. We, we've, we've always heard kind of vague rumblings of discontent about the oath in certain circles, very specific ones. But now that we have a new monarch, we see these things coming into the fore a little more prominently. Um, I, I just thought it would be something that we could could tackle because of its implications for for not just the constitution but because it's uh kind of an unusual development in light of the queen's recent death i i think we can all agree that some sort of oath is a reasonable thing to do if you are a politician hoping to uphold the public interest and asking people to swear an oath is reasonable it is a little preposterous that it still has to be to the royal family even considering um our constitutional framework and makeup in Canada, I feel like there has to be some compromise you can make here that you don't need to have this be about the queen or the king or some royal family and their colonial legacy. But, Joita, what do you make of the back and forth? And, again, that constitutional soccer ball that seems to be getting kicked around a lot these days. Well, just in Quebec, anyways, the monarchy has always been quite unpopular. So you're not going to lose points with anyone yeah, right. by saying, yeah, exactly. by saying yeah. that, you know, we shouldn't have to swear an oath. So it, in a way, this was a moment to capitalize on the opportunity and play to your base. But you're right, there is a constitutional soccer ball that's been kicked around. Now, um, not to take away in any way in any way, shape, or form from the harm that has been perpetuated in the name of the monarchy and under the uh, and the auspices of the crown. But in actual fact, um this issue uh, of trying to get around swearing an oath is something of a sideshow, in my opinion. The repercussions of, say, the notwithstanding clause in Ontario that we talked about, uh or, you know, the Saskatchewan uh, Act that is also being talked mm-hmm, about right now. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you talk about Danielle Smith, and a few weeks ago we were chatting about her uh, Alberta proposed Sovereignty, Sovereignty Alberta Act. Sovereignty, I yeah. feel like all of those things have greater real-world implications. The, the, the Supreme Court is likely going to be up to its elbows dealing with constitutional matters in the next little while, which isn't surprising. That's kind of what they do. But for me, swearing an oath, it's been a long-standing simmering campaign but it's not going to have the same real-world implications as uh, some of the other things that I've talked about today. Yeah, but it definitely gets people's hackles up, eh, Michelle? Even if if it's a bit of a sideshow, it gets the hackles up for sure. It definitely does. And it's, it's 
I don't know. It, it in a way, this it's not fair to to use to have Quebec be the, the sort of testing ground for this kind of issue because we're, we're this might be playing out very differently in other areas. And Quebec does have some some different circumstances and some stronger and more vocal anti-monarchy sentiment than others. But yeah, the whole thing is is just a really um, I don't know. Your advice to the law students, Dave, about constitutional law seems like it would be pretty apt as far as I'm concerned, because there seem to be a number of different inroads being made that all, in my estimation, lead toward a, a deeper examination of the Constitution and the role it plays. Because, like I said, there, there, do, there do seem to be some more concerted and, and dedicated efforts to circumventing it of late, more some, than I've seen before. Some of my lawyer <laughs> friends have already chimed in during the commercial break and said, ah, oh, there's, yeah? there's still more money in mergers and acquisitions on Bay Street, Dave. <laughs> so don't, uh, you know, don't, be, don't, be, don't paint with too broad a brush. Uh, guys, I kind of let my position be known. I'm, I'm cool with oaths. I think we could probably find a way, some elegant way to replace the royal family out of this. But, Michelle, where do you stand on the oath, on just the general usage of oaths? I have no issue with oaths per se. I do think in a political context, we are supposed to be bound by the constitution and as such, uh, the monarchy is part of that for better or for worse, that that just is the fact of the matter. So to me, having the monarchy be part of the mix for for politicians who do need to abide by the constitution and the charter, I don't particularly see an issue with that. I do think though that there are other institutions where there ought to be room for a a little more latitude on this. Mm. Uh, the, The... the presence of the monarchy is is posing an issue for certain people, certainly in the courts. Uh, it can come up a lot. A, a, a number of Indigenous lawyers have started to mount some pushback around that, and they have very good cause to do so. So uh, I, I don't necessarily think it needs to be a hard and fast rule, but in a political context, I don't really see an issue with it. So based on our framework, that isn't going to change imminently. Joita, even though I find it preposterous, I'm kind of with Michelle. It, it just sort of exists. It is what it is. Where do you stand on the idea of these royal oaths in the halls of government? As I said, it's not a life or death situation. It's a, something of a sideshow. But at the same time, it is a powerful sim- symbol of the enduring influence of the monarchy. And we know that there are decolonial movements that have been sweeping the globe. We've had um, countries in the Caribbean sever ties with the monarchy. So there's a broader context to this. There's a, been calls uh, for, you know, Prince, uh, for, for uh, Charles III and, uh, you know, the royal family to acknowledge the harm done to indigenous people and to respect their special relationship uh, with indigenous people. And they haven't really come out and made any sort of an apology or acknowledgement uh, as far as I know. So the oath is a, a powerful symbol. And one of the things to be, bear in mind is, you know, for example, Australia did get rid of its oath, but opening up the constitution to, to remove the monarchy, while that might be something that the majority of Canadians may well get behind, that's going to open up a whole other oh, can yeah. of worms because oh, you're not yeah. just oh, yeah. able to change the one thing. People will want to change a dozen other things. So I don't realistically see it <laughs> We'd happening. We'd have to have a whole panel on that. Oh. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I don't even think we're qualified. <laughs> I think we're qualified to a certain extent, but I'm going to get those law students in here to give us the real perspective. <laughs> Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.